something that I used to do in, in my online dating profiles is is, is uh, list, list my height because I'm uh, I'm I'm taller than the average Asian male, you know, because I, I thought at least that that's an advantage that I had because if you just see someone's face, then then um, if they're Asian, I think a lot of women will assume that they're short. That's an assumption that's not that's not you know, totally based on nothing. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think stats will, will prove that to be right. You're already starting a few steps behind someone who, who doesn't have to fight through those stereotypes. That's Christian Harriman from Indonesia, and you're listening to Not From Here, a podcast that's all about the experience of being from somewhere else, but calling Australia home. I'm your host, Isha Thapa, and I'm exploring the stories of immigrants who've grown up here, recent migrants, expats, or anyone who feels an affinity with another culture or country. Above all else, I'm taking a look at how being a mashup of two or more cultures affects your life for good and for bad. In this episode, I talked to Christian, who moved to Australia from Indonesia when he was six. Christian's worked as a graphic designer and a video producer, but he's also a writer, and I wanted to talk to him after I read his piece in GQ magazine about the challenges of dating as an Asian man in Australia. Christian's article and this episode made me realize that dating and relationships are where issues of race and identity get confronted almost more than anywhere else. So keep listening to find out more. So great to have you here today, Christian. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, so my name is Christian Harimanau. I've been a graphic designer. I've been a writer. Now I'm a, I'm a video producer at the moment for, for the ABC. I've always had a, a, a big interest in exploring uh, issues of identity, especially mine, I suppose, in a, in a hopefully non-narcissistic way. But um, I've just... Yeah, it's 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 something I've I've always been interested in writing about, talking about. I, I think it's very hard to be an immigrant in in Australia without thinking about it because you, you can't really avoid it or run away from it. Yeah, totally. When did you first move to Australia? Uh, I came here when I was six, so I came with my whole family, and and I've lived in Sydney ever since. And you came from Indonesia, right? From Indonesia, yeah. From, from Jakarta. Yeah, I was born in Jakarta. So what was it like when you first got here? Australia was very different then. Sydney was very different. There, was, there weren't, in my school, there was, I, I think I was one of four Asian kids maybe, you know, and, and now the suburb where I grew up in, is, is like it might actually be predominantly Asian now. So it's transformed quite a lot in you know, 30 plus years. In some ways, it also hasn't changed. Like Australia, yeah, Australia also hasn't progressed as much as, you might hope for every one thing that you think, oh, you know, this is really good. There's, there's also an, something else happens, whether it's, you know, whether it's in, it's in politics, um, it's in mainstream media that, that makes you realize, okay, we're not there yet in terms of racial equality, I suppose, you know, like it's just, yeah, we're, it's still, it's still a, a, a very, very white country. And, and I think, I'm not bothered by that, but it's just it, sometimes I forget that and then and then I'm reminded of it. And like you said, you can't not think about, if it is a really white country, you can't then not think about being not white here then, right? It's always going to come up cyclically. Yeah, because it's even in the non-white population of Australia, that that way of thinking is, is ingrained. You know, I, I'm, one of my pet hates is when somebody is say half Asian and half white they will they will say I'm half Aussie and Aussie is just shorthand for for white Australian I think that's that's a sad thing to hear you know that that even though um I am Australian but in in those words I'm I'm not you know like because Aussie still means white white Australian it's it's very I always feel like it's a huge contrast when you go overseas you see other australians there whether they're white or or not and and you say you're from australia and and you're accepted as being australian but then once you come back there's the the question of where you're really from sort of comes back i've had that experience where when i've gone overseas and said i'm australian people will accept it but 
they still also say, oh, but you don't look Australian. Where are those people from, though, that ask you that? When I, I lived in Denmark for a year, I lived in Holland as well, and there was I was doing an exam. They had oral exams in Denmark, so you do your term of study and then you do a an oral, oral exam in front of a panel, and then afterwards they'd come and tell you your mark straight away. And the guy who marked me came up to me and told me my mark, which wasn't very good. And then he came right up to my face, like put his face really close up to mine quite aggressively and was like, you don't look Australian. You know, aren't they meant to be blonde? There is probably also um, a lack of understanding of Australia from other countries in the world. You know, that that I, I know that when I, um, yeah, wrote that piece for for GQ about Asian Australian males, and and I saw it on on Reddit, and there were comments from people from other countries going, "Oh, I didn't realize there were that many Asians in Australia." It's just, yeah, I think it's because we're represented by, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Hugh Jackman and Kate Blanchett, and like so, so that's all that people are aware of. Yeah, and it's all that they see. In that article, you talked about um, how there's. Asian men are often emasculated in the media and in their representations. So what are some examples of that? Some of it's subtle, some of it's overt. Um, you know, there's, there's classics for movie examples like like in Sixteen Candles. Um, I think the, the, the Asian male character there, every time he speaks, there's a, there's a gong that goes on. Yeah, it's so, so awful. It's so awful when you watch that movie now. It's odd now because you would never see a movie um, treat a character that way now. Another famous example was the, the, the movie um, uh, Romeo Must Die with, with Jet Li. Um, at the end, Jet Li was meant to have a scene where he kisses Alia. But apparently they, I think they ran a, um, a, a screen test and, and the audience didn't like seeing that. So it was changed to a hug for the official release. They didn't like seeing an Asian man. It's seeing an Asian male in a in a romantic setting, yeah. So it became a friendly hug. That's so weird. Do you think that's because they're leading up to that movie? Because that movie came out in, was it 2005 or was that way too late? Maybe earlier. I think it's, I think it's late 90s, yeah. Do you think that up to that point, though, the reason why audiences felt uncomfortable is because Prior to that, all the representation of Asians in a Western movie were emasculating. It's hard to know with these things because, you know, everyone has certain tastes and you don't really know where, where they come from. And, and I, I completely acknowledge that, that it's, it, these things don't necessarily come from a, a place of racism. It's just what you're used to. Yeah, like representation, I think, does matter a lot in terms of what it tells people what is normal. So, yeah, so so I guess you're right. Maybe in 1997, say, it just wasn't normal to see an Asian man in a, in a romantic setting in, in a Western movie. You know, you would have to see a foreign film to see that. Do you think that it's gotten better now, the representation of Asians in the media? It's certainly better, but it's um, it's still in a spot where I always think that if, if there is an Asian person on the screen or on stage, there's still a need for them to, uh, I suppose, justify their presence there. You know, whether whether this the storyline has to be about their background or it has to be about some kind of culture shock. It's still very rare that you just find an Asian character on screen that doesn't talk about being Asian. It's, it's not that common still. Yeah, like they're not having a universal experience they're having an asian experience it's because audiences still if they see someone who's who's not white um there there is still especially in 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 australia i think there is still an expectation that that you get given an explanation as to why this character is not white i guess in, in one sense like that's not necessarily a bad thing because if people are watching that and understanding more about what it means to be Asian as well. I mean, that's also good, right? Like I remember when I watched um, Bend It Like Beckham when I was growing up, I think that was when I was 14 maybe. And that might've been one of the first movies, popular movies that 
I felt had a character that I could identify with that was just also doing things that I might do. And I felt so understood. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a there's a place for that, obviously. Yeah. And and um I think the biggest problem is really this that there's just not enough, you know, because if you because there's so many obviously there's so many Western movies with with white characters. So you get that whole spectrum of of topics, right? Like you get you also get cultural stories of 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 like Anglo cult, culture as well, right? And so, um, I mean, some movies are very English or very, you know, um, but then, but then there are also you also get TV shows and movies where where white characters play sort of non or people of non non descript backgrounds, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think we just we just don't have enough shows and movies yet with with people of color to have that wide spectrum you know i think that's why because I, I remember um when when crazy rich asians came out and it was wildly popular but you do get these criticisms of it you know for different reasons whether it's it's sexualizing asian men like over sexualizing asian men which is kind of a, a funny criticism because most asian men have been complaining about not being sexualized at all you know and suddenly you complain about the other way around. Why were they saying that there was sexualizing Asian men? I'm just trying to remember. I suppose the way the men the, the, the men were treated as sort of objects to 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 gawk over. You know, um, I, I can't remember who the, who the main actor. What's his name? But, the one um, who proposes to the one who's wedding. Yeah, the main actor in it. Yeah, you know, there was criticism of that. There's criticisms of of still you know stereotypes, and it's just hard for a movie like that to make every Asian person in Western countries happy. <laughs> and I think that's, that's the problem. We just don't have enough of them. If we had enough, then, then you wouldn't come across that. You know, like you wouldn't come across those, those criticisms because people can just go watch something else that they prefer to watch. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And there's, it's like that movie had so much importance when it's just this kind of fluffy rom-com, right? I mean, I mean, it's interesting though that, you know, you mentioned um, a couple of Netflix shows there and, and, Netflix has actually done quite well of, you know, recently there's, there's also that uh, never have I ever. Have you seen that show? Yeah. I watched it. I watched it in like two days or something. <laughs> it was great. I thought it was great. And, and the, the... I really liked it. I really liked it. And again, it was another show that I watched where I thought, Oh, this is because the character is, is having a universal experience. She's just, growing up and going through all the pains of being a teenager and she happens to also be Indian and having to deal with all of that stuff. But, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it, it really saddled the – well, walked the line between being a little bit serious and showcasing a culture but just being something light and, you know, escapist as well. So I, I really I enjoyed it. And I liked how the – the peripheral characters are, are mostly people of color as well. I think I think they pretty much all are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and again, they're they're without without necessarily being explained as to why the cousin is dating an Asian guy. That's exactly right. Exactly. Do you think that there's space for more of those shows with all the streaming networks and? content constantly coming out, do you think that eventually there will be a point where we actually have equal representation in the shows, the movies that we watch? I mean, it's probably going to take a very long time. Um, I assume it's just going to become more and more normal because you, you already see different countries. I think the, the, the UK have always had better representation than, than Australia has, I think. Um, so they, they're probably a, a little bit ahead with the US, you you have certain groups of people represented more than others, you know, and that's that's just based on I, I think how how active that community is in in trying to to, to change the status quo. Like uh, Korean Americans have been very successful in in at least shifting that conversation a little bit, you know. 
um, whether it's to do with entertainment, uh, food. How have they been successful in doing that? Uh, when you, do you mean do you mean why or do you mean like why? I suppose why have they been successful and then and then how? I sort of think it's always a a, a momentum thing. So if you have several good pioneers in that community, then it, it encourages other people to follow them. You know, so so you've got in the US, you've got a lot of um, famous Koreans to begin with. Like this, there's like um, people like Chef Dave Chang, for example, who, who've made Korean culture in in the US quite commonplace. Like it's it's he he speaks about his culture um, the way anybody else would talk about what their family did when they were growing up you know and so so i think making it commonplace um then encourages other korean americans to feel comfortable in in representing themselves in a way where where um yeah they then have to explain themselves you know they can just talk about themselves but yeah i, I think it is about momentum it, it's about you know, i feel like the most of the famous asian american stars on tv or, or movies are, are probably korean like there's a lot of them are korean like it's probably disproportionate to say if you if you you know if you just count the number of koreans in america versus i don't know filipinos in america or, or indonesians or something it's it's probably not weighted that much in favor of koreans like there's probably not that many more koreans than there are other asians it's just that for some reason they, their community has has done quite well in entertainment. Do you think that's because, like you said, there may have been a few famous Koreans that broke the mould in the first place and maybe it was encouraged within their communities at a younger age because a lot of, um, a lot of the time I feel like careers in the arts, it's not something that's necessarily encouraged in a lot of, uh, migrant communities in any given country because of the fact that, you know, it might not be seen as lucrative in terms of earning money or as secure, I should say, probably not as secure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm probably not not qualified to comment on Korean culture in terms of, you know, how, how it affects that. But, I mean, they've also been quite successful worldwide, you know, even outside of um, – Western countries, even in, in Asia, that uh, things like K-pop is probably more popular than any other form of pop music in, in Asia. And I, I don't really have an explanation as to why, but they, but they, as a culture, I think they have done a very good job of late. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely going to find a Korean to interview for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should, yeah. Yeah, get their perspective. I, I think it's really fascinating. I think they've done really well. I've never thought about it and it's super, yeah, it's super interesting. That, this is good. Now I've, now I've got something, something for, for the next podcast. But for this one, let's go back to uh, the dating issue because that was what led me to obviously contact you in the first place because you'd written the article around dating as an Asian Australian. What, what, what were your general experiences dating? Ever since I, I started dating, uh, ever since I was old enough to start dating, there's always this perception in the, in the Asian community that um, there's a big imbalance between uh, mixed couples that are um, – Asian females and, and non-Asian males versus couples who are Asian males and non-Asian females. And I think that's still the case. Like, I, I don't think that's ch it's, it's changed a little bit, but it hasn't, it hasn't completely flipped or anything. It hasn't evened up. And, and I think as an Asian male, you do always, I would say you just have to work a bit harder than, than I, I, th I think, if you compared me with, I mean, not that you could actually do this, but if you if you got to the, my my white counterpart, someone who had very similar, you know, similar careers, similar um, personalities, maybe um, I, I think I will always be at a disadvantage in in countries like Australia and the US and the UK and and other other white countries. 
What were your experiences like when you were on the, I assume you were on the dating apps? Yeah, like it's not, I mean, I mean, some of it is overt, you know, that I, I did, I did come across women who just plainly just told me, no, I don't, I don't date Asians and that's it. And that's, you know, I mean, it's not really fair enough, but it is in a way. Like I, I, I just accepted that, but, but sometimes it's just not really um, that upfront. And it's, I think most people would like to think that they're not racist. Right. And, and I think in, in, in the large majority of people that that is true, I, I think, but, but you can still, you can be not racist and have subconscious preferences that, that, are maybe not fair to certain certain races, you know. So and and that's for for the reasons that we we we've talked about already. Whether it's whether it's representation or whether it's just what you're used to. I mean, let's let's take it off apps for now and, and online dating. But just in 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 real life, in normal life, um, if I met a non-Asian woman, I felt as if I just always had to. I don't know. Um, I, I I think in a lot of cases they they don't see me as, as a potential um, romantic partner from the word go. You know, I sort of, I, as I said, I, I felt as if I had to work harder. Do you think that's got to do with what we were talking about before, the fact that what people have grown up seeing is subconsciously kind of rooted in their head? If all you've ever seen in movies or TV shows is this, representation of an emasculated man or you know someone who's being made fun of that would stick in your head right at some at some, on some level uh, yeah i think it is but uh, i mean uh, i also have to acknowledge i mean some of it is is in my own head you know and in the, the heads of other asian men because we have grown up always thinking as if we're we're not on equal footing and so some of it is on us as well. But why have you? Why do you think you've grown up thinking that? I think because it's hard to to not think that way when you've always been a minority. I think. I, I think it, it's it's just hard. You stand out for for not necessarily good reasons. You know. I mean. I mean. Not is it not good for you anyway? I guess. I guess the reason that I'm saying why because you know you mentioned the. The point about being a minority, but um, there's you wrote about it actually in your article, but it's just everywhere. This OK Cupid study that was done years ago, I think in 2014. I keep saying years on this podcast, and I'm thinking <laughs> all the years are wrong, so no one should listen to my years. But yeah, but essentially, OK Cupid <laughs> did a study. It's close enough. <laughs> close enough. Whatever. 2000 and something. Um, OK Cupid did a study and analyze, you know, thousands and thousands of matches and messages. And out of everybody on the dating apps, Asian men were the least likely to get matched and then get messaged. And the way it was phrased that on the dating totem pole, they were the lowest. And conversely, Asian women were on the highest or one of the highest on the dating totem pole in terms of getting matches and messages. That That's the bit that I find, I don't know if the word's disturbing, but I just think that that that's why I start thinking, well, why? Is it because of those representations? And that's that's only because I was going down the rabbit hole of trying to make a link. It is because there's always these stereotypes that just get get perpetuated by by how, how we're represented in, in popular media. You know, I mean... Yeah, things like I, I mean, something that I used to do in in my online dating profiles is 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 uh, list list my height because I'm uh, I'm I'm taller than the average Asian male, you know, because I, I thought at least that that's an advantage that I had because if you just see someone's face, then then um, if they're Asian, I think a lot of women will assume that they're short, you know, and that's that's an assumption that's not that's not you know totally based on nothing i mean i mean i i think stats will will prove that to be right but but yeah but you're already on 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 a back foot to begin with you know there's i, I guess there's much worse stereotypes like like having having a small penis and things like that like which has always been perpetuated in in popular media and um 
yeah, well, I guess there's there's not much you can do on a on a dating app to um, to battle that stereotype. But you're already starting a few steps behind someone who who doesn't have to fight through those stereotypes. I've actually always said that I, I do better dating a normal life than I, than I do online. Well, I think most people would, right? Because people are actually seeing you in your entirety. You know, as opposed as opposed to relying on those unconscious and conscious biases. You know, it's 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 easier to uh, it's easier to be racist when you're not actually being confronted with a real life human. You know, you're in your bedroom just swiping on your phone. But it is, yeah. And so, starting off on that back foot, or at least because you said that it's not just you, but um, other Asian friends, male friends that you have, and you mentioned having to sort of push a little bit harder or break through a bit of a mental barrier. How did you? do that did you have any methods or was it just that you had to simply try harder try swipe more to try and get matches play a numbers game you do have to play a numbers game and i think that's certainly true of other asian men that i know who've been on, on apps they, they just say yeah you just have to have this thick skin <laughs> and you do get get rejected a lot but then you give you know whoever gives you a chance like you 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 have to give them a chance you know like as in you have to be open-minded about i mean it's horrible to say like you know you like you you end up getting what you can get but but um but it is it is a numbers game and that's that's why i i i guess um i was on those apps was because yeah i mean just have more chances to meet someone you know and i mean that's that's one thing um i think i also started to get better and this is probably equally bad because I think I think I started profiling people based on their, you know, photos and short profiles as well. But I, I think I think I mean it's been a while now, so so I, I can't really remember exactly what the you know my subconscious criteria were. But I was able to identify better people who um, who would give me a chance. Can you share what what made you think someone would be more likely to give you a chance? It just became like a feeling that I got, you know, I mean I, I think I think I'm 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 too far out of the game now to to actually remember. I think if I, you know, if I ever became single again, I, I think I think I, I would struggle mightily <laughs> to, to get back on that horse but it's like riding a bike don't worry you'd you, you'd remember everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah but look i mean it's just you know and it's probably not quite sort of from a photo or a profile but it's more you know if you chat to someone like within a couple of minutes of chatting to someone i i think you you have a you start to um know when 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 it could lead to something or not you know and i, I think I, I just got better at, at at identifying that um i got better at at identifying like women who who were kind of more you know no nonsense and wanted to meet in in, in person and so you know because i felt as if if i was able to at least meet them in person then then a lot of those the the disadvantage of being on an app is gone you know because once once you meet someone in person i i think it just becomes an all day it's it's no longer online dating yeah that's right that's right speaking of offline dating did you did you date when you were in school in high school yeah uh not 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 really i mean maybe uh, like right at the end of high school um but more sort of more at university and also i mean some of it's just practicalities because because i went to an all-boys school um so you know you, you're not going to meet that many i i did um meet, meet girls at work and that sort of thing but um it probably wasn't until uni and then and then more and more after that uh, I, I was probably quite a late bloomer too so so i probably dated a lot more um as i got older like in my you know, mid to late twenties. So I think like, like was, was probably my, my most active time. What were your experiences like then? Because that would have been before online dating, right? It got easier and easier. And, and, um, I think people in general did become more open-minded as the years went on. You know, I, I feel, I feel as if, I feel as if I can, um, when I was dating in, in, in uni, there were a lot less mixed race couples than there are today. You know, and I also found that that when I was a bit older and I was dating younger women, like women who are a few years younger than me are also more open-minded than women who are my age. 
you know, so, so I'm talking about, say, like women who are, say, like six, seven years younger than me are probably going to be more open-minded about, about um, yeah, dating an Asian man than, than someone who's exactly my age. That, that's what I found personally. But, I mean, that's, that wasn't even that long ago, really. I think things move quite quickly, you know, I mean, I think I think things change quite quickly, and and I mean, at the beginning, I I, I probably sounded as if I'm I'm rather down on, on the you know the way things are um, in 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 terms of equality in, um, in 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 Australia, but it's it's certainly improved a lot, you know. And I've noticed, like when I was single, when I was dating, um, I, I noticed it as as the years went on. I mean, part of it is obviously also um, my own self confidence, probably went up you know that's for for different reasons um because i guess when you're more established in life then then you you're you're a bit more sure of yourself and and that's probably makes you more more desirable and these things are happening without me being conscious of it you know but but i think it's it's it was definitely true that that people who who are a little bit younger than me i felt like were were, were just more open-minded did you feel like you wanted to date within your own culture was it easier to date within your own culture i suppose there's this belief that it's easier to date someone within your own culture but that's that's only true to an extent it's it's true if i was dating other indonesians but i think to group people as as asia and 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 asian is is a very problematic term anyway because because i think culturally speaking between my family and and the and the Vietnamese family, it's it's very very different. But there is this false. Uh, I, I certainly think amongst my Asian friends, there is this false belief that that there's a commonality between all Asians, and that there probably is to a degree, but it's not as big as people think. You know, like my my wife now is 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 a white white Australian. Like our families don't have any problem getting on with each other, you know. It's probably, if anything, it's probably easier than than if I had married someone who was a, from from a different Asian country to me. But but because physically I and a and a Vietnamese person might look physically more similar, there is this false belief that that our cultures are going to be more similar, and I'm not sure that's true. Absolutely, I I. I couldn't agree more with that, actually. I think Asian people tend to get grouped. And, I mean, I'm technically Asian as well, but, you know, that's, that's a different part of Asia, Southeast Asia. Well, I was going to ask you that. About, I mean, maybe we can talk about it later, but, but how, you, how you feel about that. Like, how, how do you feel about whether, whether you should or shouldn't be included in that, in that Asian umbrella term? Well, I think that the reason why... I'm not included, at least in Australia, because I know in the UK, Asian is is Indian, and I'm not sure what Southeast Asian is in in the UK. I don't know. Yeah, I don't actually know that either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I know here. It, I'm assuming it's because Indian people look different to Southeast Asian people, but then obviously within Southeast Asian, all the Asian Southeast Asian countries, like people's still look different but i i'm i'm guessing it's just based on appearance i can't really think of any other reason why i totally agree indian people are not grouped in asia because we are in asia (laughs) so although some people have actually disagreed with me on that and said no india is not asia it's the subcontinent which I don't quite understand what that means because I'm like, well, it has to be part of a continent. It's not part of Europe. <laughs> Geographically, it's it's sort of right in the middle of, of other Asian countries as well. You know, I mean, there's other Asian countries that are around it. There is something to the fact that, that Chinese culture has sort of permeated a lot of Southeast Asia. You know, like like Indonesian culture is, even though the... the um, the Indonesian Indonesian people are quite different from from the Chinese, but there's also a lot of Chinese in Indonesia, and, and that culture is has seeped through. Whether it's in the food, you know, eating noodles and um, other food, other foods that have been sort of, sort of bastardized by Indonesia, but it's that's where India's 
still very different culture. Like it, it, it has no basis in, in China, right? I think there's something to that because even everywhere, even even Japan, you know, Korea, um, yeah, like wherever you go, like China's kind of had a hand in there at some point in history that has influenced it, you know, and it's, um, so there is that, but it's, that's a very, very small factor, I think. I think, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you that a lot of it is, is just physical appearance. Like the more similar you look, the more people assume you're also similar, yeah, in, in, the, in the way you behave. The way humans, I suppose, group each other is very uh, basic <laughs> in our brains, right? Like that immediate judgment is like, okay, well, you're in this group and you're in this group and we all do it. We don't even realize we're doing it. The question I was going to ask was just around before you met your partner and you were dating people who uh, obviously were outside your culture, what how did you feel? Did you feel that there was curiosity about your culture? Did you feel that you were asked questions about, you know, your, as you say, people group Asians as one, but Indonesian culture is specific. And were people curious about that? Did you find that you were that side of you got to come out in your previous dating experiences? I can sort of remember a couple of um, Anglo women who who were very interested in Asian culture, you know, and and that sort of made me feel uncomfortable, uh, whether rightly so or not. Like you were being fetishized? Yeah, you know, and, and, and maybe that's not, and that's, that, that is a, a, a big um, point of contention with people, whether, whether when that happens, like is that, is that, necessarily wrong or I mean the word wrong is probably not the right word to, to put there but but and I, I but it did make me feel uncomfortable because because I, I suppose you know I mean everyone's got got their insecurities and, and and I have always as well and 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 I suppose you you know I start thinking well could any could any Asian guy have, have been in my place and they you know and they they would like me the same way like is am i is there anything about me as an individual that they're actually that they're actually attracted to or whether 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 any asian guy would do but you know but obviously there are also i i think i think for myself you know and i can't speak for any other asian males but i always felt better when when i was dating someone who didn't have a pattern of dating other asian men in a way, because I, I, I guess you, you feel a bit more, a bit more of an individual. I mean, obviously, I, I do also like talking about you know culture and race and things like that. But, but I suppose it would get, it would also get tiring if 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 I was in a relationship with someone who was really constantly that interested in it. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it, it would have to be like a more of a side thing for me, I suppose. It would have to happen in an organic way, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. And 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 with my wife now, I think that's that's more the case. Like, you know, like she I mean, yeah, look, I mean she she tells me that that my race was was not a factor either way when, when we got together. And, and 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 I think I believe her from from what our relationship has been, you know. It, it seems to be that way you think you believe her <laughs> <laughs> well you know that's yeah i suppose that's the best i can do but you, you know. can never full you can never fully know anyone as they say but yeah but you you, you go through through um yeah the whole gamut of people like when you're dating and that yeah like there's some there's some yeah as I say, like there, there have been some some women who have been very interested in in my culture there's some that 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 too interested too interested yeah and then there's but then there's also some that 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 just really don't care and i and i um i suppose it can be, it can be bad the other way as well if you don't get and if you don't if you're not in, i suppose there's a difference between being or being being too interested in only one aspect of one of one person as you were saying because someone dating someone who's from another culture and viewing that as a part of them but not their defining characteristic is 
I suppose, how I would want someone to date me. I wouldn't want them to date me just because I'm Indian. At the same time, being Indian's part of who I am. So if they are interested in me as a person, they would be interested in this part of me. But if they weren't interested in that part of me at all, then it was just like, oh, well, you know, you live in Australia and you have an Australian accent. So, I mean, you're kind of you might as well be white that then that also feels like that part's not being acknowledged as well so yeah i mean i mean there are always these these sort of backhanded compliments of you know well, i i don't really think of you as an asian person or, or something like that you know or like um or, or if or if somebody criticizes asians and they say oh no but i i you know i don't think that about you <laughs> well well what does that mean you know i mean yeah like as 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 people of color like yeah like you you go through that sort of stuff every day yeah 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 completely have you heard of the term sexual racism everyone understands racism and discrimination in terms of you know if you were going for a job and you didn't get the job because you were asian or black or whatever so everyone can understand racism in terms of those clear examples um, or someone not wanting to be friends with someone because they happen to be of a particular culture or background. Uh, but with sexual racism, it, it essentially operates in the same way. You know, people say things like, I don't really date Asian guys, or conversely, I only want to date uh, someone of the same background as me. So it can, it can operate the other way as well. So essentially, I like what I like. And it's the one sphere where the racism that is obviously clearly there because you are determining or making a decision based on race or culture, it's the one area where I think the, the racism is accepted. Sexual racism is essentially a thing that I think happens all the time and it's not just from white people to people of color it happens within uh, all different communities and i just yeah do you what do you think about that i mean this is this is essentially what what the the, the main umbrella topic of what we're talking about i think i've always had a problem with calling it racism and and, and i think I, I i probably have tonight but without really feeling comfortable with it because um, deep down, I, I I don't actually think it's racism. There needs to be a different word for it, you know. And, and I think it goes back. It's it's. I I guess I don't really know quite how to almost shape it because, like I said, when you actually boil it down to its constituents, it it's the same. Almost thinking of I'm not going to hire that person, or or i wonder if it has the reason why it's accepted and i'm not saying that i don't have you know my own preferences most people i know have a preference whether they voice it or not about who they might want to date and the culture or background people they might want to date maybe maybe some people don't but i think it's there at least on a subconscious level um i just because i mean for example within um, my own community like the indian community a lot of people would say I want to marry an Indian. It's just it's going to be easier. I don't I don't I don't say that, but a lot of people do, and it's accepted. And it's like okay, well, that's what you want for your life. That's fine. But I guess it, it just in other spheres, being that choosy about the person that you're with is, I guess, not seen as okay. So I guess that's why I sort of have a bit of trouble getting my head around the concept. Yeah, and. I understand it and I see it, but I just... Yeah. I still think it goes back to to what we talked about earlier, which is just just what, uh, perceptions of, of what is normal. Uh, I, I really think it goes back to that, that, that we all ultimately um, have a, a defined like baseline of what is normal and then things that people that fall out of that are seen as either exotic or... In, in, a, in a desirable way or different in an undesirable way, you know, because you, everyone does have, have preferences, whether it's physical, whether it's a personality type. And, and also people do make, people do use stereotypes to, to judge people. It, it, we just have to, because otherwise it will take way too long to make any sort of decision in life. You make assumptions about how people will, will behave. And so 
it's it's hard for me calling it racism ultimately um like loads it with with um kind of like a something a lot more menacing than what it is you know like i i think it's useful to see it in a way where you know when we're going back again to to changing the way Asians are represented in, in popular media and that is good because that slowly shifts a person's baseline you know that's what I that's what um, I, I that's how I think this is gonna gonna change like it's we're not going to there's no legislation or anything that could change this like this is this is a, a big cultural shift that that has to happen very slowly um, and and eventually you know and, and eventually people will just think of you know other groups of people in a different way like I mean I mean my my example has always been historically you always when you find someone that's very different to you then the differences that you have with someone who's not that different to you becomes less and less like for example when you only have dealings between the English and Irish then there's racism between English and Irish if you introduce black people, if you introduce Asian people, then suddenly the English and Irish feel like they're the same, you know? Um, and, and it, it goes on and on. I mean, there's, I mean, Asians have a, have a reputation of being like the, the model, my, my, you know, minority, um, in, in the way, um, even though we're, we might be seen as different, but, but, um, we're sort of quiet. Like we don't really put up much of a, of a fight, it, you know, it, it, like that's sort of the, the stereotype, I suppose. And so people feel more threatened by other minority groups, you know, who might be more, more outspoken and more, um, more aggressive in different ways. Like, like so, so you always well seem seem to seem to be dissenting in some way. Yeah, like, maybe. Like it's very, you know, I mean, I mean, it's very. Like I remember um, the Oscars, like a few. Years ago, um, when um, uh, Chris Rock got up and did a monologue and, and talked about how there were no black people um, being nominated and there, there weren't any black people nominated in, in the major categories, and his line was, um, "Well, Creed is a black movie, but the only one who got nominated is a white person who was who was Stallone, right? Like, like Stallone's Italian." And in and and in in the history of the U.S., like Italians were also victims of racism, you know, from from like Anglo Americans. Like I just find it interesting that that I think it's just that baseline will always keep on shifting. Like um, you know, when it's just Europe, then then there's a lot more racism between European countries. If 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 you if you bring in other races, then suddenly Europe unifies, and it's you know, and, and I think the more normal. Um, if, if, if we start making um, people see that, that, that a country like Australia is just made up of lots of different races and then hopefully that will become the norm and that will become the baseline. Is that what you're hoping will happen as your son grows up? Um, He's only little now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a while. It's a long while. Um, 18 years. I, think might, <laughs> I mean, there's also the, inter- the interesting um reality that he'll grow up in in, in that um, there's going to be a lot more mixed race people right and and people who who are um, mixed mixed race so you have you know parents who are both mixed race and so you have four five six races within one person and I think the more that that happens it's going to be harder to discriminate based on the way people look you know? a, real, a completely different reality for him yeah like I, I've always found it interesting that that a lot of like biracial people will identify more by their minority half. You know, like if you're half white and half Asian, like I think most people will, most of them will will sort of say, "I'm." Well, first of all, you'd probably say you're half Asian. You know, like um, if you're half Asian and half white, like no one would go around saying I'm half white. I mean, unless you're in, you you go to Asia, <laughs> I think from yeah for my son, I think that will be interesting how that plays out and, and how it affects. It'll probably be completely different um, to my experience of going to school, say just because 
it'll be much harder to to identify what everyone is. Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. Well, how important for you is it that he learns about his Indonesian heritage or connects with it? Is that something that matters to you? Yeah, parts of it. I mean, I mean, I I don't want to. Uh, I can't imagine that I'd want to load him with that sort of um, the weight of okay, well, you have to be representing a certain culture. Like, I, I don't think that's fair on anyone. Um, also, I think it's because I'm not totally immersed in my own culture. I, I, I don't really know what, you know, what my personal culture is. It's a, it's a mix of things, obviously, um, having, having lived in this country for so long. I mean, I would certainly want him to, well, I already am teaching him a, a lot about the food because <laughs> it's something that I feel <laughs> quite strongly about. Um, What's your favourite Indonesian food. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, probably something to be like satays. Yum. <laughs> Always good. Yeah, but um, I think more than I think more than that, I will probably place more importance, I assume, in him being just like a lot more understanding and 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 respectful of different kinds of people, whether it's culture, whether it's faiths whatever I, I think i would just want him to to be someone that that isn't isn't so tribal well i mean he has you as a dad so i'm sure he's <laughs> going to be fine <laughs> well i really enjoyed our chat did you get much out of it i don't know whether I, I ever gave any definitive answers because i think yeah but that's a conversation right it's also reflective of, of of your relationship with your culture, like in that, and that so much of it is subconscious that, you know, you might sometimes think you believe something, you might just say something until you actually talk about it and, and, and think about it and, and, and oh, actually maybe it's not quite that simple or whatever, you know. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Not From Here. Talking about race and culture in the context of dating is always pretty interesting. As always, if you've got questions, comments, suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. Just email info at notfromhere.com.au. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to having you with me next time.